0: Scratch and snoo. Say my name. Heisenberg. You're goddamn right. Look at you lot. You're all so vacant. Is it nice not being me? It must be so relaxing.
1: Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one?
0: You are number six.
1: I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> we ever, never knew. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're the family. Right. Where is it? Where's what? The body. The body? Oh, the corpus delicti. Oh, I'm not particular could be stabbed, strangled, riddled with
0: bullets, mutilated beyond recognition.
1: You're quite right until we find a body.
0: We've nothing to investigate.
1: We're defunct.
0: Obsolete. Out of business. Welcome to Scratch and Sniff, and just a few examples there of the deliciously rich and diverse archive of television programs past and present from both sides of a pond. But which of these many programs to watch before our square-eyed carcasses are rolling away to Crimmond? Well, general editor and co-writer of one thousand and one TV series you must watch before you die, Paul Condon, may be able to give us some ideas. And joining me on the line from Salford is Paul himself. Hello, Paul. Welcome Hello. to the show. We are so excited about this book, 1001 TV series you must watch before you die. You must. You've got to watch them all. Well, I,
1: I, I think it's more a goal rather than an actual <laughs> an actual list of everything else. Just... Because
0: I've, I've just been reading your foreword and saying, look, you don't have to take it quite so literally. <laughs>
1: No, no. I mean, uh, if you actually sat down and had to watch every episode of every show in there, I mean, we've we've got shows like Coronation Street in there. Mm. It, it would just take... around
0: the corner from you, I think, where well, they filmed that.
1: You... <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, literally, the new the new set is just over the road from where I live and where I work now, mm. which is lovely.
0: And of course, there's an awful lot of Corey to catch up on if you've never seen it. So presumably, people should be using it at discretion.
1: I think it's more of a guideline uh, for the people that watch shows on box sets or on Netflix and things like that. Mm. Uh, And also um, a history of good TV shows throughout the whole of the TV era, really. Absolutely. Going all the way back to the 50s, right the way through to 2015.
0: Hey, Elsie, just about ready for the knacker yard. Sharon, it's been a while. So you're really covering the full range of entertainment that's out there, past and present. Well, I think a lot
1: of time when you see people writing about TV, they can be a little bit precious about it. <laughs> yeah. And they can be a little bit, oh, yeah, you, well, Breaking Bad's the new most important thing of it of all time. <laughs> when actually a lot of people really like to watch programs that are made that are accessible for mm, everyone. Absolutely. Um, and so what we try to do is include the one-off Brilliant, amazing historical dramas, things like, uh, oh God, Kathy come home. Kathy oh, yes, come of home. course. Yeah, Upstairs, yeah. downstairs. Mm. Uh, you know, even things like I, Claudius. Oh. But similarly, totally. you know, we go into things like I'm a celebrity. We go into the first <laughs> proper um, BBC reality show, which mm. was, well, sorry, British reality show. The family? Uh, which was The Family. Oh, I remember um, that very well. Yeah. middle class i don't, I don't consider a any class i'm just a ordinary person if i choose to tell everybody my business that's up to me and if they don't like it they know what they can do um I'm, i like to think that once you get your head around the pacing of old television, because it is a little bit slower, sometimes they take a lot longer to tell stories. I like to think that actually when you go past that, yeah. some old TV is just as good, if not better than the stuff that we have I'm, on
0: TV now. I mean, now. you're you're preaching to the Paul. as I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes find my partner, who's 10 years younger than me, sort of, you know, what is your problem with this programme? It's just it's dragging on a bit, isn't it? It's a classic Doctor Who's, he, he does struggle a bit with that, bless his cotton socks, but uh, yeah. I obviously don't just don't notice that at all Paul what is it about you and television and in particular the range of the eclectic range of programmes both here and abroad over the years where has obviously fired your imagination and sort of led you to, to, to write this book well it's really odd um, as a kid
1: I absolutely loved TV I was fascinated mm. by it uh, my, my actual favourite show as a child was uh, It's a Knockout oh
0: because I, I loved love It's the- a
1: Knockout yeah I love the the spectacle of it and the the ridiculousness, and people competing, and all of that kind of thing.
0: Can I just well, can my... I just can I just tell you something very briefly yeah, about it's a knockout. It, um, I have a scar on my hand, and people think it's because I try to slash my wrists or some dramatic thing while listening to a Smith song in the in the 80s. <laughs> but um, I actually got it because of it's a knockout because I was <laughs> I was I was um, j- jumping over various obstacles that I created in the sitting room at our home, and my my mum of French polished the the floor oh because we were leaving the next day, you see. And I put my hand through the uh, the French door windows, and uh, and I had to be sewn up without any anaesthetic at all. Just, <laughs>
1: So, and, yes. and what a, a remarkably lovely uh, red colouring all over the floor for the new owners it, as well. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that was timed
0: very well. Apropos absolutely nothing, well, it's a knockout. But I mean, I had to tell that story, didn't I? Oh, yeah, um, I to, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry to divert you back no to worries. where you were.
1: Well, one of my main interests, apart from that, was um, I started reading when I was nine, Doctor Who Weekly, Aww. which then became Doctor Who Magazine. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, when the magazine was in, in production, uh, back in the day, they started off doing articles about behind the scenes and that's the way I got really interested in finding out how television programs are made and why they're made and that was a trigger really for me to um, find out more watch more old content watch more old programs and classics whenever I could get my hands on them and basically, as a result of that, uh, I've written now, this is my fifth book about TV and film. Right. And I, I've got a career working in TV now. And that, that's it, basically, just paved the way for me. It's been an obsession with me, really. Just a minute. You say we've gone back in time? Yes, quite so. So that when we go out of that door, we won't be in a junkyard in London, in England, in the year 1963? That is quite correct. Your tone suggests ridicule.
0: But it is ridiculous. It's interesting that you mentioned Doctor Who because it seems to be an awful lot of people, you know, their careers seem to springboard from TV in general. But Doctor Who is often referenced. Toby Hay that made a point of saying that a lot of uh, people will uh, enjoy Doctor Who and then see beyond it, and it takes them to other places mm-hmm. and, uh, and times, as they say. Absolutely. Um, who else was involved in this? In this book, um, well, I, my, my role
1: in it was as general editor, and it was my basic responsibility to come up with the list of 1,001 programmes, wow. uh, which, le- <laughs> there were, let's just say, there were quite a few emails going backwards and forwards between the publishers in the UK, the publishers in the USA, and myself pulling mm. hair out at wee small hours of the morning. Were there any um,
0: scandalous backhanders from, like, the Castle Worsley Waterloo Road, you, you know, where you're meeting in a, um, a dodgy ale house in Trumpton to discuss this, and uh,
1: oh, I pa- packages, wish packages were I- being passed? <laughs> i'd have been able to have a couple more bottles of champagne this christmas but sadly not no um we were we were going to include all of the children's programmes in there but I think we've removed them on the possibility that we may do a thousand and one kids shows at some oh, point in the
0: future. All right
1: for that um, one if you let me yeah please do yeah oh, fantastic!
0: <laughs> I seem to remember um, we had a little discussion about a, um, a programme called Time Slip <laughs> when we were in the into, pub one night and uh, I was yeah, fighting tooth and nail to get that included but uh, no, I mean sadly not, respect no. but there are some children's programmes that have um, traversed the whole, covered the whole uh, range of we, eight, we, eight to 80.
1: Yeah, we've kept in the ones that are kind of the ones that are young adult audience, uh, mm. or the ones that have, like, for instance, with Tomorrow People, that got remade as an adult drama Absolutely. in America a couple of years ago. So it's equally applicable for the fans of the, the US show as it is mm. to the, the original
0: one. Mm. Contact him. Acknowledge. What's happening? Deep thinking. It's a technique we have, it increases our perception enormously. Back step. Think back to last night. Last night. Last night. But um
1: Essentially, my role as general editor was to come up with that list of the programs and then find people that I knew could write well about them and were experts on them. Mm. As a result of being a fan of old cult TV and things like this, I've been over to the States many times to conventions. So many of the academics and writers that have written for this are people that I've met at these events over there. Mm. And one of my uh, my former work colleagues at ITV uh, is from Copenhagen, so I asked him to write all of the Danish entries for me. So that's all of it like... Um, well, not so much The Killing and The Bridge and the ones that are very famous, but all of the other ones for good Danish shows that we probably wouldn't know about. Mm, So mm. I've really... Trying to pick the brains of people that i know are experts in the field sure um but um people have asked me what are your favorite television programs paul Well, and i always reply by saying if you have a look through the book and see which ones i've written <laughs> those are my favorite shows because i kept them all for myself
0: scratch and sniff with Nick Randall. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange. So just going through the index, I mean, it's just so eclectic. Things I haven't heard of at all. Still game, Frontline, Terra Nostra, Freaks and Geeks. And then you've got um, uh, more familiar entries like Hancock's Half Hour. BBC Television presents Tony Hancock in... (sighs) Hancock's Half Hour... Game of Thrones, of course. Um, uh, yeah. One thing I was going to ask you is that do you think any book like this reflects the time in which it was collated or written, in the sense that you're going to have a lot, quite a lot of programs which are more recent, and mm-hmm. in terms of sales or anything else? But do you think you do as fairly as you can do in 2015?
1: I think very much so. I think any any book like this, and, and I know from the same company, there is the Thousand and One Movies you must see before you die. Mm and they actually wait a very long time before they put very recent films in there because sure. there's there's a consensus about what are the great movies there have been not many books like this that have ever been written before mm. so i don't think there is an international consensus of what great tv is mm. and yes i think there is um, perhaps a, a waiting towards more recent stuff uh, more recent stuff you can actually get hold of a lot easier yeah and uh, to be honest, we are actually also in a little bit of a golden age for TV. The n- amount of absolute high-quality dramas and series that are being pumped out in vast quantities by networks right across the world at the moment are, uh, you know, I mean, you know, for well, you're talking to someone in a pub and they say, "Have you seen this yet?"
0: And you go, know, oh, "No, it's, yeah, on the list. it's on season. We're on season eight now. It's like, oh yeah, exactly. Say, how am yeah. I supposed to do all this?" But you're right; there is a glut of it at the moment. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are. Sp- we are spot rotten, and I'm sure there'll be a time we'll look back and think, "My God, you know what a fantastic golden age that was." I mean, I think people like us who really get it see it happening now, and it's it just good to remind people. I mean,
1: one of the, the, the elements of the book is we've got a little line under each entry that says "for fans of." <laughs> uh, so we basically, if you like Game of Thrones, or, or if you like a particular kind of show, you could be reading another entry, and, and if it says "oh, for fans of Game of Thrones," it, that might pique your interest mm, mm. and i think i claudius is written for fans of game of thrones because it's a very similar story mm. it's about families backstabbing manipulation deaths left right and center but it's done on about a quarter of one percent of the budget yes. of game of thrones <laughs> in a tiny studio in uh, shepherd's bush back yep. in 1975 <laughs> I didn't forget to celebrate the defeat of my great-grandfather. Mark answered How many bottles of wine did you open, toasting his murder while I was doing battle with the sea? Show them our booty! Show them the plunder we gathered from old Neptune! So that's where I, I think it's nice to be able to introduce people that are fans of new shows mm. by telling them about old programs that they may enjoy.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And sort of explain to them that it's, the older programs, it's almost like watching a play. And if you try to approach it mm. like that, you, you get probably get so much more out of it.
1: Well, very much so. It up until about 1990, television drama was very much shot along the lines of recording a live production. Yeah. Round about 1990, it switched to it becoming like a slightly lower budget film. Mm. Uh, and Single I find, Yeah. Mm. And I find that's the best way to explain to people if you're watching old telly. that Imagine you're sitting watching this in the theatre. And that's when I'm talking to people about two of my particular personal favourite uh-huh. vintage shows, Tenko and Secret Army. Oh, you're telling me. Um, that, that's the way they should approach them because the amount of quality drama and acting and writing and production in those shows is incredible. But if you, t- if you approach watching it as if you're watching a stage play, you'll enjoy yeah. it a heck of a lot more. For one short moment when I thought Rosa got away, there was hope for us all. But now, 14 months, one week and three days, and where has hope got us? Hmm? Myrtle, Gangrene, Mrs Chang septic something gone wrong and her uh, and her uh, and her uh, and debbie and our salon you were good out when she saw her don't don't to- you don't me No when Rose just lies there helpless a living symbol of the bloody lot of us
0: Schoonheim, we have your your passenger is that how you say it? john staples did you know he has a wife and four young children in peterborough waiting for him to come back will you make it impossible he is a prisoner of war. No 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 no, 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 no! He's a spy. He was stopped by parachute. His plane crashed. The weight of evidence is against you my friend. He was dressed as a Belgian civilian. Has no military identification and no uniform. I could say nothing. Either to save him or myself. Brave words. But you are spent. Nothing awaits you but death. Well, Herr Mayor, you don't seem to progress by this interrogation. I shall now take him for Gestapo questioning. I think it's a fantastic book to be read from cover to cover uh, or to solve various family arguments, you know. Uh, or, or, you know, one could use it to bone up on the latest pub quiz or to simply dip into it like post-Christmas lunch, you know, when you I don't know whether to a... burp, fart or retire to The Sofa for Forty, Winks and Mr Queen or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a lovely Lou book. You know I think there's yes. just enough enough entry, enough writing for each entry to, to for one little visit to the toilet. I think as absolutely.
0: Well. <laughs> so obviously, there's going to be loads of great TV over Christmas. Uh, how are you planning on watching that, and who with?
1: If- uh, well, I'm spending Christmas with my dad. Uh, we're well, looking forward to it. Uh, it's just the two of us now, and so having a, a very quiet one with just the two of us. Right before then, it's his 80th birthday, so <gasps> we're having all the family around. Well, that sounds um, lovely that as well.
0: So. Well, happy ha- happy birthday and happy Christmas there. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: Good
0: night, all. So finally, Paul, in your most uh, perfect sound bites, can you give us one thousand and one reasons why we should buy this book for Christmas and beyond? No, I'm joking. Uh, give us one. <laughs> give us one good reason. <laughs> um, TV is part of everyone's life, and I think life is too short to
1: watch bad TV. And there's a lot of bad tv around i think if you use this book it could give you a few pointers as to the kind of shows that you might get a little bit more out of
0: that's wonderful paul condon thank you so much for joining Scratchersniff tonight and happy christmas and the
1: very same to you
0: and loads of sales of your fantastic book
1: hurrah (laughs)
0: Dutch girls must be punished for having big boobs. Now, you do not punish someone, Dutch or otherwise, for having big boobs. If anything, they should be rewarded. They should be equal.